everyone, welcome back to Let's Talk Physical Media. My name is John. And I'm Faith. Yep, Faith's back this week. If you guys are new to the channel, you don't know who Faith is, Faith is the luckiest person in the world. She won the John Keefe sweepstakes many years ago, scooped me off my feet, and we are married. Right, Faith? Yeah, yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> so this is the weekly show where me and Faith, or whoever is co-hosting with me, we meet here. We talk about all of our favorite things in the worlds of physical media, film, and whatever the hell else we want to talk <laughs> about for about an hour. And Faith actually has a new topic she wants to talk about, but we always like to start the show off every single week with the news and there wasn't too much news this week Faith. some little stuff announced for physical media one thing you'll be really excited about is uh clerks one two and three awesome come in a blu-ray in a in a small cool looking uh quick stop like package oh that's awesome so it's like a nice little collector's piece the only problem is i only i already have clerks so you're not gonna get it now I might get it. No. <laughs> Even though I already have Clerks. I don't no, have Clerks 2 on Blu-ray. There's no yet. reason to get it. <laughs> I don't know. It looks cool. That's cool. But no. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. I, I, I don't know. I think I need to get it. <laughs> no, you're right. I don't know. I think I need to get it. <laughs> you see the gaslighting here? Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> But uh, that was thing, that was something that got announced. Also, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 coming to 4K and 4K Steelbook on October 10th. Okay, Steelbook good movie. Yeah, it was a great movie, right? Mm -hmm. Underwhelmed at the box office because Tom Cruise, Paramount, Christopher McQuarrie, they decided that they wanted to hold their position one week, 10 days before Oppenheimer and Barbie mm -hmm. came out, and it just took all the wind out of Dead Reckoning sales, which is unfortunate because that movie was great and it deserved to make more money. Mm -hmm. And I feel like now it's kind of looked at as a box office failure, but with physical media, it'll be coming and we'll be excited to get it. And I'm sure yeah. it's going to be a great test for the home theater. So I can't wait to definitely check that one out. Yeah, I can't wait to see it again. It was great. Yeah, it was a great one. So that's October 10th. Um, another thing that got announced, and you'll love this one. So Disney announced that they are going to be putting out a 100 disc set for their 100th anniversary that has all Disney animation and Pixar films in it on Blu-ray. Not 4K, just on Blu-ray. Okay. Now, what is that? It's 100 discs. So it's like just all like Disney. Like every... Not, I don't think it's every single one of them. But like probably most of the, the big ones. Well, a hundred of them, but between probably all the picks. So I didn't look at the full list of films, to be honest with you. But, you know, I'm sure it'll have Cinderella, Snow White, all the, you know, you everything. Like Mary Poppins yeah, and stuff? Uh, that's not animated. It's only animated uh, films. Only animated yeah. films. She didn't so say that. Disney Animation and Pixar. Uh. So all that stuff is going to be in there. Now, here's the kicker. It's a hundred discs. How much would you guess that would cost? I think a doozy. Like, I would say 300. Wrong! 300. Yeah. 1500 is what they're charging for that. Wow. Yeah. Now, 500, I would have wow. said that's fair. And it does have beautiful. I went low. I will. I will. Oh, you totally lowballed them. Yeah. They will not accept one fifth. If you call it Mr. Mouse, he's not going to take that. So, <laughs> and I've just been getting really annoyed with how Disney and Warner Brothers and all of oh, these yeah. studios are just. The way that they speak this past week, we had uh, Warner Brothers, one of their execs, come out and say that. You know, we were we gave people max for a really low price out of the game, a lot of quality stuff, 
and you know we're not getting basically what he said i'm paraphrasing here is that we're not recouping the benefits of that that they're giving to us and basically he's saying is he's not charging enough and for, uh, i <laughs> i don't pay for that one how much is it max is twenty dollars a month twenty dollars and he already and for one app yeah so well, come on yeah he said that that one is and he, how many people have like come on and max is great i really that's one of my favorite like i love tcm is on there studio ghibli now you get discovery cnn all that stuff is on there mm -hmm. plus regular hbo shows including you know the wire the sopranos mm -hmm. yeah hbo well now it's just max is probably the best streaming service but do you see what's going on in this world? Can you not read a room? Like, everything is up. And everything me and you have no problem cutting them off. Like, yeah. we did Disney. We did Disney Plus, yeah. Once they announced their price hike, that was another thing. It's like, okay, well, you just don't get it. And then that leads back into this. $1,500. Yes, it's 100 discs, but for the most part, like, you can see my shelf, Faith. I have a lot of Disney yeah. animated mm -hmm. films. So there's no point in that. So who is this for? Because if it's not for the collector, unless it's somebody who really likes that unique packaging that's exclusive to that, but you're not getting new scans, you're not getting 4Ks, you're just getting old blu-rays that already are out and exist in the world and for most people they're not going to start a whole new collection and spend fifteen hundred dollars so i don't get what the purpose is maybe it's just a marketing tactic tactic for disney mm. i'm not sure I don't yeah because i think people people are really annoyed with them lately especially <clears throat> since the strikes going on yeah. i think people are really annoyed with them so i think they're trying to do something to kind of deflect boost. yeah to deflect yeah, yeah. because you know, I, we don't go p political, but it's this is ridiculous. I know. Well, you don't want to pay your people that work for you, but you want us to pay you more. Yeah, well, that's how always, does this work? Well, that's always how the structure works. Like they laid off seven thousand employees, Disney, and I think it might even be more than that. I'm not a hundred percent sure of the amount, but like they laid all that off, all those people off the same week that they announced that they were inking Bob Iger, the CEO of Disney, to a new deal that it pays him $27 million. So it's like, you have to money to pay one person that much money, but you're willing to let 7,000 people go whose salaries probably don't equal one, one mm. year of that guy's salary. Yep. But that's just corporate America, corporate greed for you. So it's just really unfortunate. So that was really it as far as the news goes. There really wasn't too, too much that was announced this week. Last week, we had a lot of the big announcements. So this week, we're just going to dive right into the rest of the show. And you have a new topic that you wanted to discuss. Uh, so it's called This and That. Okay. So we're going to, you know, talk about which things we like better. So some weeks, we're going to do movies. Some weeks, we'll do shows. Some weeks, we'll do food. Mm -hmm. um, and with those foods, we can maybe buy the foods. And try, try it on air. On, try it on air. Um, just anything. Yeah, we want to make this show more entertaining for you guys, and we want Faith to have fun on the show. Yes, I'm not, I mean, I love movies, don't get me wrong, but that is not my forte, like, it, it's John's forte. I love TV shows, I, you know, I have my own interests, but um, I'm here to support him, and... Yeah. I want um, Faith to do her own show where she reviews shows, because she cranks out, like, seasons of shows, like, numerous seasons I each do. week. Like, the way I watch movies is how Faith watches TV, mm -hmm. and we just don't really overlap, because I very rarely have time to watch a show. And Faith, when she watches a movie, it's usually a movie that I picked and she's just piggybacking mm. with me because she's the TV person, I'm the movie guy, and we make it work as far as our marriage goes because we both do <laughs> love TV and movies. It's just, you know, there's not enough time in the day. Yeah. I don't know if we'll have enough time, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, I th thought it was really fun to kind of do that. So this is called This or That Show Edition. Okay, so we're doing TV shows this yeah, week? Yeah, so I think we're going to do um, TV shows this week. Maybe I'll do some movies next week, so okay. we'll see. The Wire 
or Breaking Bad and give the reasons why. Why I would pick. So basically, it's a matchup. So basically, one has to leave forever mm. and then the other one I get to keep, right? Mm -hmm. Is that how it works? Yep. So if I pick The Wire, that means Breaking Bad is gone forever. Mm. I still think I'd have to pick The Wire. Like, as much as I love Breaking Bad and I think Breaking Bad, you know, the worst season of Breaking Bad is the first season, while the best season of Breaking the Bad first. is the first. Yeah, I just think that Breaking okay. Bad escalates. Every season gets better than the last. We're just building till the end. For some reason, I would think you'd say the second. Even though the second season's not bad, I all like the first season puts everything in perspective. Well, yeah, that's the like, second season really just shows you how everything ran. Well, yes. amongst everybody else, well, other gotta, than the cops and the drug dealers. Yes. Well, oh, I'm talking about Breaking Bad. Oh, Breaking Bad, Breaking Bad. They took The Wire. No, The Wire, actually, I think The Wire that is very different from Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad, I think every season gets better as they go along. While The Wire, each season, like, tells its own story, which is why I like The Wire, how okay. it's structured, how, like, the first season, we really seen just the cops and the, uh, you know, the drug dealers. And then the second season, we add in a different element. We add in, like, the whatever, those pork guys, or you know, the union guys. Mm -hmm. And then we add in, eventually, the schools. Then in the last season we had in the newspaper i love all those elements of the wire the only problem with the wire is is that the ending while good the last season in general kind of feels like it's jumping the shark just a little bit while breaking bad you know is always consistent never really misses but the only thing is is i always feel more compelled to go back and rewatch the wire while i don't ever feel compelled that to go back. is my i personally would pick the wire okay and that was my main reason to pick the wire. Rewatchability. Rewatchability. Re you took the word right out of my mouth. We watched the wire twice through already. At least twice. I think. And we then I think we went through like one or two seasons. We watched the first three seasons again because um, honestly. It kind of like the third season kind of ends um, the Barksdale crew mm -hmm. story, and then we got into uh, your the, boy. Yeah. You love what's his name, uh, Marlo. Yeah, I love Marla, but I also love those kids are going to be forming their own lives and creating their own futures for mm -hmm. themselves. So you see Michael going one way. You see, um, uh, what's, what do they call him, Dookie? Yeah. He, him going one way. So it, ha it just shows you, like, the, even the little, the, the little, the the tiny kid, um, he shot Omar. Yeah. So it just shows you, like, which a lot all... of people feel like that was a very underwhelming death. Yes. But also, I thought it was shock appeal. Well, that's what they were definitely going for. And also, you got to remember, um, it's very hard to catch Omar with his guard down, and that mm -hmm. was one of the only ways you could do it. He's in a quick mark buying. Like, what was he buying? Cigarettes. Mm -hmm. And then just to have it, you wouldn't think to even, you know, I have to pay attention to this kid walking mm -hmm. around. No, he's like, oh shit, and then it happens. Mm -hmm. No, that's crazy. Because Omar's always on point. Yeah. So, rest in peace. R.I.P. Um, not the, the guy, the real guy. Oh, Michael K. Williams. <laughs> yeah. Well, I thought we were saying rest in peace well, to Well, no, just rest in peace <laughs> to him. Um, just like, you know, I, that's why I think that show is just timeless. I think the fourth season really sets up the future of how Baltimore is going to go. It just sets it up. You know, everything in your life impacts you. So, like, if you're talking about Julito, sorry. That's Julito. The, that's the guy that plays uh, Neiman. Yes. He, his character could have won a totally different way. I actually love Neiman's story throughout the whole show. I love Neiman's story. Because yeah. he came in there rough, tough. He had a horrible mother. Yeah. The world's worst mother. <laughs> 
Oh my god, like, the poor kid. He never had a shot because he's a nice a kid. <laughs> but that was the whole thing is like when you're led a certain way, now you can accomplish anything. Where Michael didn't have like didn't have parents. His mom was a drug addict. He was forced into adulthood at a he much was, too young yeah. age. So, think, young so that's age. where you have to um, look at that season. That is my favorite season of all the wire. I would truly. So pick. that's season four. Yeah. I'm correct. Um, all right. What's the next? Uh, this or that? Um, How I Met Your Mother and Always Sunny. I know what you're gonna say. Uh, it's uh, easily Always Sunny. The greatest sitcom. The greatest comedy TV show of all time. Um, I mean, we mean you watch that show all the time. Anytime you're in a bad mood, I turn on Always Sunny in Philadelphia. It's absolutely hysterical. <laughs> I mean, obviously, it's not a comedy for everyone. It's very, no. you know, um, you know, they go for it. Like, this is something, a show that surprisingly cancel culture hasn't gotten all of their claws in. You know, we've had some so episodes funny, like, um, pulled. But. That I, I just watched yesterday, actually, was the episode um, Lethal Weapon 7? Was yeah. it 7? I just watched that yesterday. Well, no, so they did five. Yeah, they did five and six, and then they did seven because yes. uh, five and six, those episodes were. Two and episodes, like, I just love the idea of like them taking. They're like, this is the best parts of the show. Like, where do we go then if we can't film it like this? Yeah. What can we? It, it was just terrible. I love the that. outcome. So it. That would and that just made it so funny that they made fun of these people. Yeah, because it's ridiculous. It's because like, come on. If you don't get always sunny and you don't get the joke, which is is that you're not supposed to root for these people. You can mm -hmm. laugh at these people, but they are the worst people in the world. Like, That's their characters. They're supposed to we be. We know blackface is wrong. Yeah. They know blackface is wrong, but these idiots don't know blackface. They they they're arguing if it's right or wrong. Yeah. Like it's hilarious. It's hilarious because they are that <laughs> stupid that's the whole <laughs> point is like yes. you're not supposed to be rooting for these people you actually and they never win and that's the whole joke is that they lose because they don't deserve to win because they're that terrible yep. like if you don't get that then you're gonna miss the whole point of the show yep you know that's why it's always been claimed to be like seinfeld on crack but yeah. i know what you would pick and right? then like i love yeah always sunny you would pick always sunny yeah. over how i met your mother yeah i, I mean i love how i met your mother it's probably I, I second, but I think Always Sunny has that com the comedy that I like. I just I just always assume that How I Met Your Mother. You always tell me that's your favorite show, and you were devastated with How I Met Your Father. Oh Nancy. my god, I was so pissed off. Why? I don't understand. The second season you finally know, got its footing. The first season was okay. You really want to know why? It's that's the money. I, I know, and that's Mr. Mouse for you. I know, I know, but it's just like it was doing so good. I honestly think it has something to do with the strike. Oh, I don't yeah, think sure I that think that they're not really they they got to cut the, their losses, so you know. I guess but the ratings didn't I match thought up. It was so, but we but how do you start a show called How I Met Your Father and we don't know who the father is? Like at least give them money to like make like an hour and a half series finale. Yeah. Like like other shows have done that where mm -hmm. at least it's like okay we'll show like a couple episodes let's close the arc at least give the fans the people who stuck around supported us for these two seasons. They can get the it's conclusion. not just one season, because that would be okay. But you gave us two full seasons of a show. Mm -hmm. Come on. But How I Met Your Mother, to me, is, I would say, second. The reason why I put Sunny over it is because of the longevity, obviously. And it's just my type of comedy. It's my type of, like... Oh, well, I've always said that I feel like one of the core cornerstones of me and your relationship is that we have the very, oh, the exact same sense of humor. Well... How I Met Your Mother was really funny. Like, it was. Hysterical. Still holds up. Um, you know what's so funny? How you mentioned, like, Always Sunny and how some people don't like it. If you watch How I Met Your Mother today, 
a lot of those jokes don't hold up. These are 18 year olds. Ted, these are 18 year olds. No, I mean, we actually. The Barney Stinson jokes? That character would never exist. Oh my gosh. Which is funny because Neil Patrick Harris played almost the exact same character in the Harold and Kumar Mm -hmm. movies. And, you know, Neil Patrick Harris, uh, an openly gay man, uh, playing basically the world's straightest person Mm -hmm. in Barney Stinson. But it's absolutely hysterical because Mm -hmm. it's over the top. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's really funny. Nobody is going to be... I hope nobody's out there like that. You never know, though, right? (laughs) Yeah, I don't don't know. There's a lot of manly men that people, you know, they try to... What? Manly men like like, that? Oh, my God. Please. Like that? Oh, my God. That's a manly man, right? (laughs) What's the next this or that? Okay. (laughs) Uh, Parks and Rec and... Slash the office. You know me, mine already, so we'll discuss that after. But uh, yeah, you see, this is a little bit tougher for me because I do love the office, but I think Parks and Rec is a better show overall. I think I get more connected to those characters. Like the office is great. I do love the office, and it's probably the most famous sitcom of all time at this point. Maybe even more famous than Friends. But I think Parks and Rec. Um, I just enjoy that more, and I also just feel like the characters are just much more developed on Parks and Rec, and I just find them to be a little bit more warmer. I feel like they're a lot colder on The Office, if that makes sense. Mm. Like I, I always kind of get more invested in the uh, storylines in Parks and Rec. Well, that's why I can go back and rewatch Parks and Rec over and Th- over. That is really what I base a show on. Rewatchability. As rewatchability. Drama's a lot harder to rewatch. It's very hard. Once you know the outcome of the story, it's hard to go back and rewatch that. But that's why I feel like The Wire is so great. Well, they close the loop in each season, mm-hmm. so which is always that always makes it feel like and you're you can and you can ending. just pick up on season three or season two. You don't have to watch the beginning to kind of know if you watched it. No, if you're in the mood to go in there and just watch season two, just in case you're into like, because that was my least favorite Wire season for a long time, but then. I went back the second time and I was like, no, this is really good. It's just that it's a slight downgrade from, I think the first season's awesome. Still mm-hmm. might be my favorite season of the whole show. Mm-hmm. So it's just in comparison. And I showed you that. You did show me The Wire. And you know what show I really enjoyed? And I watched it prior when I was younger, but I don't think I got it. Because what? I think I was maybe a little, I wasn't even 18 yet when the show ended. The Sopranos. Uh, I really liked the whole show. A lot of people didn't like how it ended. We like know how it ended. That's it. Once like, you get past that, like once you like go back, because I rewatched it. Like, like we two know years he's dead. Ago. It's not. There's no chance he's alive. We know. No. We know Tony Soprano's dead. I rewatched that show two years ago, and that show is still incredible. Like, it is. It's an incredible. It show. really is, you and know. it really, I think, people really put a bad name on that season finale. Well, it's and like Game it of Thrones. Really but Game of Thrones just see Sopranos has a bad do- ending. Well, I think Game of Thrones has an entirely bad a, last a season. season. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So people who and I am the type of person that needs to know. And well, we get we know. I just do not. But I like think the some people of of don't. No, not Game of Thrones. The, um, oh. uh, the Sopranos. I don't know. I have no problem with ambiguous endings. It's just it feels like they weren't setting up for an ambiguous ending, and that's why I felt deflating mm. at the time. You know, but how how would you how would you end the movie? The Sopranos. How yeah, would I? I mean, not the show. I would. I want a definitive death of him. That's how I would have liked you, it. You would want to see. Okay. Because they were building towards the walls closing in on Tony. That's why we were in that diner. We knew that everybody that was there, everyone that's important to him, everybody that's there gunning for him, we're all in that diner. Don't stop believing. Don't stop. Cut the black. Now, do eh, you? Did much. you like the movie? 
The Sopranos. Oh movie. my God, no! You didn't like it. <laughs> the many gangs of New uh, Newark, or something. The many something of Newark. I can't remember yeah. the name. Uh, no, it just did not live up to. It's good. It, it didn't it, live up. It didn't live up to the quality of The Sopranos. But I, which do, is a high bar. I do love to see the uncle, Junior, Junior, young Junior, be, be like we know how he really is. Like in the show, we don't really. He's well, he's old. old. He's already he's old. old. Yeah. So we didn't see him in his prime. Which I honestly, that's an aspect of that show that I think about all the time, showing the aging gangster because you only go out two ways. Mm -hmm. So like it's crazy. We he just, lived. It, he lived, and you know what he's starting to do? This manly man. Showing him weakening. I love that mm. aspect of the show. Showing because you know what? We kind of go out the same. If you live long enough, you kind of go out the same way you came in. Yeah. Weak and needing to be taken care of. Mm -hmm. So it's to show that. From and somebody that lives his lifestyle doesn't live to that age. So that to me, what, seeing what he'd done to his family, Chris's father. Wasn't it Chris's dad? Yes, he killed he, Chris's his dad. dad or and had like to see or have him killed. But like to see that to me was like. I thought that was awesome. I thought, we okay, that's how he was a G. Like, this is where Tony gets it from. Yes. You know? It's in his blood. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I uh, completely agree. Is there any more of this and that, or is that it? That was my three. All right. That's awesome. So that means we're going to move in. I love that aspect. Can't wait you to like see. You like it? Yeah, I can't wait to see what you guys, what you do for ne next week. Let us know in the comments. Do you guys like the this and that section? We're trying out some new stuff. But now we're going to dive into the Q&A portion because there are a lot of questions. And we might not be able to answer them all every single week just because now we're getting so much. Um, a lot of different people asking a lot of different questions. So if we don't get to answer all of your questions, you know, we move them to the next week. Um, it's like we have some questions from last week that I didn't get to answer. And actually, I'm glad about one of them because I'm glad Faith's here. But from a few weeks ago, before Faith left the show for a little while, went on a bit of a hiatus. <laughs> Kevin L. asked us. Yeah, keep bringing that up, huh? Yeah. Kevin L. asked us. Like, what were our, like, biggest pet peeves or something that annoys us about our partner? So, he was asking me, what about Faith annoys me and what about me annoys Faith? Obviously, Faith can't answer this question because there's nothing about me that annoys her. <laughs> right, Faith? Should I go first? Go ahead. Go list. first. Go ahead. Go, lie okay. to them. Lie to them. He's a slob. He is a slob. You see not... that? You see the coffee just spilling off it? <laughs> now, imagine what he does around the house um. he's a slob and then he uses the excuse i'm blind i can't see okay. i'm like come on <laughs> come on um what else you dress like a freaking two-year-old i dress like adam sandler adam sandler is my <laughs> spirit animal that's what we, we noticed today like because yeah. he says to me do i look good i'm like you're wearing a t-shirt and black shorts and a black hat like it's like yeah i got my adam sandler look i'm like you are literally him yeah. I mean, I'm not, I don't dress all fancy. Oh, uh, you dress pretty. Like, you like to get dressed up. Me, I'm, I'm not a, like, I, I would like a job where I get to wear a suit every day, but I feel like that would get boring or I would just get annoyed by it real fast. Yeah. I'm very big. I'm a big shorts and t shirt guy. Because you it. can't keep it clean. So you'd have to go get it clean every day. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I also spill things. No, Fate's not lying. I am a, I'm a slob. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I got it from my father. Also a slob. We come from a long line mm -hmm. of slobs. Mm -hmm. So that is the problem. Um, that that's why when Matt was on the show, he used to get really annoyed at me, and that's why we had the eating segments because uh, I eat like an animal. What do you want me to say? I am who I am. I am who I am. Right? Yep. <laughs> uh, Still love you. Uh, thanks. Uh, what annoys <laughs> me about you? That's a good question. Nothing. I don't, we don't have enough time. Um, yeah, we're uh, this show only goes for an hour. 
what am I gonna start with? Ah, wow. Okay, let's go with the worst, I guess. Worst is first. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. You actually really don't annoy me, all kidding aside. I love you. Uh, the only thing I guess I could say is you can be a little naggy sometimes. That's for sure. Like, I know a lot of people have complained about their wives. We all know the Rodney Dangerfield jokes. You know, about, you know, you come home after a long day and your wife's getting on you about some shit you did or didn't do or how you forgot something that we're supposed to do. I'm, I can be a little forgetful sometimes. That's 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 not true. So <laughs> see the problem with men saying women are naggy, right? You could be naggy. Okay, though. I'm not saying I'm not. <laughs> is we tell you once, right? Yeah. You say okay, don't do it. We'll tell you again. Okay. Not naggy. Mm -hmm. Then the third time, we're now we're annoyed. Mm. Now we're annoyed. So. And to, to prevent that, just do it the first or the second time we say it. That's fair. There we go. <laughs> Easy. That is a that is your key to a happy marriage for anybody out there. Mm -hmm. No, that's fair. I, I, I understand you. I feel what you're saying. I will take that in. You receive it. <laughs> I received it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, well, let's let me open up the app here and find out what our next questions are. Because we did, there it really is a lot. My God. Um, this is actually from last week. You'll have fun with this. How would you recast the following movies? Titanic, Dumb and Dumber, Die Hard, The Godfather, True Romance, Goodfellas, and The Dark Knight, which me and you actually did answer How this many before. movies? And this is from Kevin L. Oh, gosh. All right, actually, <laughs> I wrote this. I was going to answer this by myself. So I actually. So, yeah, because I didn't think about that. I'm sorry. No, actually, I wanted your help with this. Okay. So, for Titanic, this is really hard. I actually had Timothy Chalamet and Zendaya. What do you think of that? That's cute. Right? I thought that would be a good one. That's cute. Obviously, it's Rose and Jack. Um, I just. There's only. I, I tried to. Uh, I mean, yeah, if you're doing a ma. Like, put that. Titanic is Titanic. It's You got to put it in, like, that era. And Zendaya probably wouldn't be accepted. Yeah, no. So no, I don't. It sucks, but it is. It's like history. Yeah, I guess you're right. So, but that was the best I can come up with. Dumb and Dumber. I actually changed the sexes. So I had Kate McKinnon and Jennifer Lawrence. I can see that. Right? Because Jennifer Lawrence, she loves those raunchy jokes. She just had that movie come out this year, and I know she's a fan of Dumb and Dumber because she was on the Ringer podcast. Oh, uh, rewatchables. I, I like that. I think Charlie Day, maybe. Oh, he could definitely. If they did a male version. Yeah. Cause I, I think he's he puts that dumb, like he could do it. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, he can do it. So I had that one was tough. Now Die Hard, I had Tom Holland as uh, Bruce Willis's character of John McCain, McLean, John McLean. That yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Why you don't think Tom? He's Holland? like he's like a kid. But he's not a kid. But yeah, a, but he looks like a kid. But he's a regular guy. You don't think you can pull off the regular guy look? Mm. Well, then I had in the um, Alan Rickman part. I would think like maybe like. I don't know who I would pick for that character. That's something I would have to think now, about. Now, here's this for Hans Gruber. Let me throw this out at you. Brian Tyree Henry. Okay, I could see that. I love that guy. I feel like he never misses, no matter what the movie. Yeah, but you got to Remember see, him in Bullet you're Train? Just, you, okay, that's what I was going to say. But you can't just like pick your favorite actors and then put them in. No, like, but I've you seen, have to I'm pick. not talking about... Uh, P Paperboy from Atlanta, Brian Tyree Henry. But look, remember how he's doing the accent in uh, Bullet Train? Like I like, I'm, I'm yeah. okay. I understand that. I get that. Okay. But I feel like what you do a lot of times because like you said like <laughs> Tom Holland, I'm like I don't. Tom Holland's Tom actually Holland. not one of my favorite actors. I was just but, trying to but he's popular. I was just trying to think of a regular guy like who could pull because like you got to remember, and when Die Hard came out, Bruce Willis was like considered like not. 
Sylvester Stallone or Arnold Schwarzenegger. He looked like a regular guy while those guys, you know, they're jacked. Yeah. yeah. So like, I was trying to think of like what a regular guy kind of actor would be at, that could play. Ryan that Reynolds or something like Ryan that. Ryan Reynolds is he's too funny. That's yeah. Uh, he's like that. That. But so work. was he. Yeah, he was cracking off a little bit of one-liners, but yeah, Ryan Reynolds is like full-blown comedian to me. Every time Ryan Reynolds, yeah. you ever seen Safe House with him and Denzel? That yeah. movie is horrible, and yeah. it's really because That's of Ryan true, but Reynolds. Like, but there's <laughs> other actors that could do it. Uh, well, I'm, I'm waiting to hear some good calls here. All right, well, now The Godfather. This was really hard because oh. you have to pick Italian actors, right? You know, they don't have to be, but they can. Like, so obviously, they have to be like kind of Italian a little bit, or. Have like going up with Italian. So for for Vito Corleone, for Vito Corleone, we're talking about the Marlon Brando part here. I picked Leonardo DiCaprio. Mm -hmm. I said that too. Yeah, and then the only other character I could pick is Michael. I picked Austin Butler. He's the guy who played Elvis last year. So I was thinking Colin Farrell. Oh, Colin Farrell. Yeah, he could be, but he's a little too old to be Michael, aren't you? No, not Michael, but in the movie. Oh yeah, Colin Farrell. Yeah, well, Colin Farrell has like maybe like the what was the brother? Not the the cousin. He's kind of like he was like a brother to them, but he wasn't. Oh, Sonny. Not Sonny. Sonny's James Conn. No, the other one, Robert Duvall's character. Yes. I can see him being like that. Yes. Okay, I could. That would be good. The consulary. And then he has True Romance. I had Tom Holland again. And, That's what I mean. And I had Florence Pugh as the female. Have you seen True Romance, though? Yeah. So you know that Christian Slater, Tom Holland, they're similar. It's true. I, you like Elvis. You like you like Janice. You like uh, Kung Fu movies. You like The Partridge Family. <laughs> Patricia Arquette, it's really hard to replace. She is perfect mm-hmm. as Alabama. I, oh, my God. I want to watch True Romance right now. <laughs> Can we watch True Romance tonight? Yeah. <laughs> God, I love that movie. And Goodfellas is really hard because I feel like it's very similar as far as having the cast with modern actors as The Godfather. Yeah. So I didn't really know what to go there. You have any suggestions? The for same. Like it's the same thing when you talk about like a, these like um, mafia movies or stuff like that. You you get the same people because they do it the best. Yeah, because they have the look and they have the voice. But you know what though? Like The Wolf of Wall Street, Jonah Hill's character, like. That character to me is like such a big part of that movie, and he's so underrated in that movie. Jonah Hill's Everybody movie. talks about Leo, but no one talks about how good Jonah Hill did. And I think Jonah Hill took scale for that movie just so he could be in it. So that means he got paid the like the minimum yeah. that they could pay based on their union contract at the time. That's just because he wanted to, to me, be. To me, I because he's a comedic actor, and everyone's like, you can't do that. Even though he did do Moneyball before that, which people should have realized. But he, he did. Could he was dramatic. serious. He was funny. He was. I loved him in that movie. Steve Madden. I think he. Should I think Jonah Hill could do so much more. I think he's one of those actors that can just do it all. I agree. I mean, Jonah Hill really does have range. And the only thing that always bothers me with Jonah Hill is you kind of hear he's a dick. And then I always like kind of sours me at people. I hear that he's a dick. Uh, you hear, heard it once from my ex-girlfriend. I mean, <laughs> that's true. But I mean, other people have said that he's a dick. Like, like this is the end. Like, apparently that Jay Baruchel and him really didn't get along. And a lot of but people... But I don't do that because what happened... Didn't that happen before when with you Bruce told Willis, with Bruce Willis? Yeah, and then Kevin you told, Smith. And you said, yeah, Kevin Smith said he was a dick. And I'm like, but you, you're just listening to one person. Maybe they had a bad interaction. And then all of a sudden, yeah, he gets sick. Yeah, when he got sick, sick and he Kevin dro- Smith he kind said, of pulled back he a little He pulled bit. back. You can't listen to everything you hear. That's true. 
I just, I want, that's always, I guess, the big turn. I really hate finding out that people are bad people, so it really bothers me. I like, I like to see the best in people. You know, obviously, we live in a world where that's not always the case, but I like to think that most people have the best of intentions. And when I and find Hollywood out people... Hollywood is a weird place. Yeah, Hollywood is a weird place. And also, you're right, I can't really take every story based on, you know, I gotta take, a, I guess, on face value, but I can't take it all based on fact, because mm-hmm. a lot of it is opinion-based. Mm-hmm. So that is one thing. For The Dark Knight, um, I had Aaron Taylor Johnson as Batman. And then this might surprise you as the Joker, Lakeith Stanfield. Oh, I think he would be amazing. Right? Mm-hmm. That guy has such range that he's so underappreciated. I think he's my favorite working actor today, Lakeith Stanfield. He is so good. Like, Haunted Mansion was really bad. Like, I really didn't enjoy that movie at all. But he was great in it. Yeah. You know, he obviously, it's just, that movie was just, ugh, it was Disney He's come. He's going to be um, in the new Jay-Z movie. Is he? Yeah, the book of... Um, Clarence. Oh, He's yeah. Clarence. That's Clarence. right. Yeah. Oh, actually, I saw uh, something of speaking of the book or something. I saw one of your shows is coming back. The Book of Usher or something like that. Or something Usher. I don't even know what it's called. Power. One of the Power shows. Oh, Power Book. Power Book something. There's about four of them. Oh, okay. I saw a trailer for one so, of them. So, oh, this is probably... Oh, yeah. My, uh, and speaking of that, you got to bring back stars. Oh, thanks. Because <laughs> it's, the, it's the one with Tommy. It, this one is different. This one is more... I'll talk to you after. Okay, that's fine. All right, next question is from... This is from Rick Rudemeister. I didn't answer this last week, Richard. Uh, Rick, I'm sorry. As movie collectors, I think we are a general turn our noses up at theatrical cuts and plump for the director's cut to be the ultimate version of the film as the director intended. My, But my question is this. Are there any movies where you actually prefer the theatrical cut as opposed to the director's cut? For me, a notable example was The Warriors, 1979. One of the few times where I prefer the original cut. I actually have two of these, and you'll know both of them. Mm -hmm. So, Dumb and Dumber and Friday both have director's cuts. And actually, if you want to get the Blu-ray releases of both of those, you are only going to get the director's cuts. And I feel like both of those editions are a big step down from the theatrical cuts. They just try to add in more jokes, especially Friday. They almost alternate the entire opening of the movie mm-hmm. and take out a lot of really good notice, jokes. You didn't notice, though. I, but I was wondering why I wasn't like laughing as much. And then we looked, and it was the director's cut. And then luckily, the theatrical cut was on uh, HBO at the time. Yeah, so, you, you, um, you didn't notice at first. I'm like, this is not the one I remember. Yeah. And you were like, Oh, yeah, because you didn't even notice. I wasn't laughing as much, though. The Dumb and Dumber, really, it just has a lot of extended scenes. It actually makes it a little bit more raunchy, but I just feel like it kind of hurts the movie. Mm. So those are the big two for me where I feel like, okay, I get why they have director's cut, and people always kind of feel like in comedies that director's cut. Same thing with Anchorman. Anchorman has a bunch of different cuts, but I still actually prefer the theatrical cut of that as well. Mm. So there's actually a few out there. Most director's cuts are always the best, but... I feel like in comedies, there's always a director's cut because people always want more jokes, and I feel like that always hurts the film, in my opinion. Mm. Do you concur? All right, so that's uh, Rich's question, or Rick, I'm sorry. It's Rich. It's Rich Rudermeister. Sorry, Rich, I called you Rick. Uh, it's my fault. Uh, I'm an idiot, as you know. Um, going on to the next thing. This is for me and you, and this is from TDG223. I'm, that's his uh, YouTube name. That's Tim, though. Tim's a good guy, loves 80s movies like us. Okay. So he wrote, top five favorite horror movies for October, yours and Faith's. Okay. So these are horror movies that we have to watch every October. And me and Faith actually differentiate on a few of these. So what would you say are your go-to horror movies for every single October? So I would start with Scream. Surprise, Sydney. 
Because that's my favorite move, like, so that would be for me too every October I do like to we do like a screen marathon every single year so with us horror movies don't have to just be October we do September October yeah because there's we too start, many we do like a soft launch that's why it's spooky season because mm -hmm. spooky season once September rolls around but then there's certain movies that we have to save for October like Halloween Halloween like okay. that Halloween and Halloween 3 would be two of my top five Tim because I absolutely I think Halloween 3 is my favorite but the original Halloween it's a classic. It takes place on Halloween night. <laughs> so the first would be Scream. Then I would do Halloween if we're doing, you know, like October. Mm -hmm. But I love The Craft. I the know Craft you do. has is one of my uh, movies that I remember as a kid growing up. Um, we kind of wanted to be like them a little bit. They were dressed cool. They we are the weirdos, Mister. Cast was just awesome. I, I I don't know, just something that I just related to because maybe it's nostalgia, but I I think it still holds up to the to today. The I'm screen. waiting for the big one that I'm surprised you haven't even mentioned yet. What do you mean? Hocus Pocus. I didn't even put Hocus Pocus prior, did I? I don't even think. I, thought, I said Final Destination. You said Final Destination. Now so a big Final one. Destination was it? But you are right. Hocus Pocus is. <laughs> more than Jeepers Creepers because I was going to put Jeepers Creepers in there but Hocus Pocus 100% October have to watch it at least twice and I don't love Hocus Pocus as much as you like oh I love Faith it. is sick like she watches Hocus Pocus at least twice a season it's like how she is around Christmas we get to she watches I mean it's not even that great of a movie it's good <laughs> but she loves this movie Christmas with the Cranks <laughs> She'll watch this like four times a season, like Jamie Lee Curtis and Tim Allen. Like this is the greatest uh, Christmas movie ever made. Because it's hilarious. I know you love it. What's <laughs> I love it. It's so it's hilarious. They freaking go to a mall to get tanning, and she she hits her head, and she's in a bikini, and the and the priest is at the mall shopping, and he's the priest sees her like in a bikini and it's just like i don't know i just love that movie i know you do it's so great but let's go back to topic i love hocus pocus i can watch it twice i think the songs are good it just holds up to today i didn't really i wasn't a, such a big fan of the second one unfortunately i know but that's usually how it goes especially when it's that a legacy sequel all those we went from 93 to 20 it was almost 30 years like yeah. you know of course you can't get it was enjoyable we had a it good was night cool. they had a little Roomba yeah. so that was really cool yeah we had a we had a they had a couple good jokes we had fun watching it with Matt and Danielle that mm -hmm. night so it, it wasn't the worst it's good for spooky season you hang out with a bunch of your friends and another movie I would pick is Jason Lives now mm -hmm. that though you know that's a summer camp movie but Jason Lives takes place in the fall like there's leaves flying around, really feels like October. Yeah. I think they really capture that with Jason Lives. Where a lot of the other ones, that's why I'm watching them in September and doing the reviews for September spooky season because it kind of is like just summer. out of summer, like kind of August, September. But yeah. Jason Lives but you know, feels like October. Love for like Friday the 13th is so funny because you never went to summer camp. Never. So it. It really puts in perspective when you actually go to summer camp. Does it feel it, like that? Because that's exactly how it feels. Really? We like my camp. I went to camp for Camus and we had um, cropsies. That was our Jason, and we would sit around the campfire. Like how that one guy is and two is telling the story. Mm -hmm. I'm just gonna put just, it just like straight about just Jason. Just like that, and we would. Um, sleep outside um, and we would roast marshmallows and make s'mores and it was just like it's the experience so when I watch Jason I get that whole experience back and you can actually like, 
Um, I think my camp is actually having a hundred year anniversary. So if we, if I actually go, or you know, because Kamala wants to go too, my sister. Mm. Um, if we go, you go, you'll see what I'm talking about. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. they're gonna do the whole experience with you. Oh, that's actually awesome. Mm -hmm. They're still open that camp. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I forgot you were a summer camp kid. I actually never wanted to go to summer camp, not because of Jason, but because I wanted to play video games all summer. Yeah, you're an indoor kid. Indoor I was an indoor kid too. Well, look at me, like the sun. Oh, I was an indoor kid too. But this, like, we mm -hmm. was the first time where I felt like I uh, was, you know, maturing, and I was away from my parents, and mm, I, you know, that's, that's what it felt like. That's true. You know? I get sleep that. Sleepaway camp, not day camp. Sleepaway camp. Get that? Yeah, day camp was a big deal. I remember all. The, I was always jealous of the campers who got to go to Splish Splash. <laughs> it's a Long Island water park. Yeah, it's actually, actually one of the biggest water yeah, parks. Yeah, it's one. In I America. saw it on a travel channel. I think it was like number two or three in the country, which is pretty mm -hmm. cool because we live what, like ten minutes away. Yeah, we're yeah. right there. Yeah, yet we never go. All right. So all right. Next, next, qu next question. Uh, did we answer all? Well, them? I answered. Did you finish? I don't know if I gave the rest of them. Uh, another big one for me is uh, even though it takes place in the summer, Return of the Living Dead. I have to watch that every single spooky season. Okay. I just that's my favorite zombie movie of all time. It's a horror comedy. So I I love horror comedies. That's the same reason why every single one number five for me, The Evil Dead, the first one. That feels like the most autumn of them all to me. Mm -hmm. A Cabin in the Woods story. Love that one. I think that's the scariest. So that's how I would answer that. Yeah, and then this one is, what are your favorite scenes from the following movies? The Batman 2022. My favorite scene in that movie is the, uh, the Batmobile chase scene. Oh, my favorite is definitely Colin Farrell. Oh. oh yeah, that's my favorite. What are you thing. showing me? What is it? Oh, oh come on! <laughs> Still can't believe that was Colin Farrell. Holy God! What are you this showing me? Hey, come on! Open your eyes! And he's like, "Dang!" Yeah. Like that's what I say. That's the whole reason why I said thing that thing about the Godfather mm. is because look at him. Yeah, he does. I mean, he's just that good of an actor. Yeah, look at him. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, I like the chase scene leading up to that. I thought that, and you see uh, the Batman come out of the the fire. Oh uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that is with awesome. the Michael Giacchino mm -hmm. score that didn't get nominated for Academy Award. Because he's like, "Oh, I got you, bitch," and then it's like, "No." No, they flipped him over. <laughs> he's like, "I got you." Yeah. I love that. <laughs> um, the Ring, two thousand two. Uh, I'm gonna go with the jump scare that scared the hell out of me in that movie the first time I saw it with the girl in the closet with that. Oh yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's that's not a big movie to me. I'm you not. Your mouth. You th you thought that movie was the scariest thing going, huh? Yeah, two movies in my whole life. I don't get scared. I'm like desensitized to horror movies, so I don't get scared of anything. I've said before. I thought it was sad more than. Bu bugs scare me, like, but that just that creeps me out more than anything. But yeah. like, the actually genuinely scared two movies my whole life: Poltergeist and The Ring. Mm -hmm. So that's why The Ring holds a special place for me. Mm -hmm. uh, Spider-Man: No Way Home. Um, Spider-Man No Way Home. I think the first time that we saw Andrew Garfield was such a huge I love pop. when they're pointing at each other. Oh, like yeah. yeah. That was cool. Yeah, Spider-Man No Way Home was great. Uh, Child's Play 2019, I've only seen that once. I, I don't think I've seen it. Really? Yeah, I uh, saw Mark Hamill as the voice of Chucky. Yeah, saw think. it once. It was okay. I just can't pull the scene off the top of my head. Pet Cemetery 1989. Uh... There's a couple. It's Fred Gwynn's in that, who you know from My Cousin Vinny. Um, it's also Herman Munster, which you should know that. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I love it when he's telling the story about the pet cemetery and everything. Something, like the accent that he's using is great. But uh, there's a scene where he gets his like, Achilles like, blown oh, out. Oh, yes. I remember knife, that. Right? Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That is cringe. See, I'm, I, a lot of people 
like I don't like gore. Really? Gore, I don't mind gore, but that like, one what got me because we watched Saw last week, and I'm like, oh, this is so gory. I got, uh, yeah, like, no, so gore never gory. bothered me because a, I know it's fake. And even that, like, that's clearly a fake foot that you could just cut into. Yeah, I but, get it, but it's just the idea in your head. Well, that Fred Gwynn's is... face really sells that, too. Mm -hmm. And then the last one is Signs. You ever seen Signs? And no. that Shyamalan? Oh, wow. This has another great jump scare. So this is an alien invasion movie, but it's, like, really a very contained story. Mel Gibson, Joaquin Phoenix, um, one of the Culkins. I don't know which one. Uh, <laughs> Kieran Culkin? Not Kieran Culkin. The third one. One of them. One of them. You know, you could tell from the face. Uh, actually, I think he's the kid from Scream 4. I don't know. One of the Culkins. Anyway, it's a contained story, but they don't really know for sure it's aliens. And then they're watching the news, and you see an alien walk across the screen, and like there's like a stinger in the score. Mm. Scares the hell out of you. I gotta show Scares you Scares the hell out of you. Yeah, fuck you, fool. <laughs> I gotta show you the score. All right. So that was a great Kevin L question. Kevin L, you have a few other questions. We might not get to them because we have some other people we have to talk to. Blu-ray Collector 18. So the reviews are out for The Exorcist 4K, finally. What are your predictions? And this will actually tie into another question from, let's tell him Freddie sent and he wrote, do you really need Exorcist 4K if I have the Blu-ray director's cut? So yes, this week, The Exorcist is coming out on 4K. Some people have already gotten reviews out for it. So I don't like to actually read reviews. Like I like to go into it as blind as possible and form my own opinion. Then after I'm done because I do love criticism so I will always go back and watch other people's reviews or read other people's reviews so I've only seen one thing by accident and it said that I think it might have been the disc father it's 75% good 25% bad like you're gonna be shocked at how bad it is so that's the only thing I know so far but my expectations are high this is one of my most anticipated of the year sorry about that our neighbors are mowing their lawn <laughs> it's a very small room I told you guys it's labeled the second bedroom it's kind of like a closet. More like a closet. So they could have said that we had an extra closet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like there's no closet in here. It's really, really, really tiny. Yeah. It's about, how, many, how big do you think this room is? I don't know. I feel like I could lay across one side and touch 10? the hall. Yeah, maybe. It's very small. <laughs> very, very, very you know, small. The, it doesn't do it justice because we know I always put the camera in a certain place. But yeah, very small room. As far as what Freddie's talking about, I believe that the director's cut is only on the Blu-ray that's coming in there, while the 4K will only be the theatrical cut. So if you prefer the director's cut, there's probably no reason for you to upgrade. But if you want to see the 4K with all the bells and whistles, then yeah, I can recommend you probably pick up the 4K. Or at least just wait till my review, because I don't know if it's good or not yet. But I will know by Tuesday. I'm very much looking forward to that. So my expectations are still pretty high. I, I you know, I'm still not going to look at anyone else's reviews, so I'm still pretty excited. Are you excited? Yeah, sure. Okay. That's Faith's into, uh, that's how Faith interrupts with that. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just, you know. Okay. Stuart George's Home Movies. Make sure you go over to his channel and subscribe. And he wrote, I reached 100 subs, but are subs that important or is it views or interactive comments that may, that are mo the most important thing? Your views on subs, etc. So, subscribers are important to a certain point. So once you hit 1,000 subscribers and 4,000 watch hours, you get monetized. So once you hit that point, then it becomes like views, likes, and comments. That's when you know, that's how you make money off of YouTube. And you don't make that much. Like that's one thing that people always seem to think, like once you get monetized, uh, that's it. You know, you, you can quit your job and you can just do YouTube. <laughs> oh, yeah. You can just do YouTube for the rest of your <laughs> life. Well, I've been doing YouTube now, what are we at? Like 20 months, 21 months. 
Um, I have still yet to take any money from YouTube and be able to just use it on anything I want. The money just gets reinvested into the channel, paying off debts as far as the channel is, and that is really it. Yeah. But all that stuff is based on how views, how long people are paying attention to your videos. So that's all that stuff that's important. You know, you don't want people clicking on it, watching 20 seconds and click it off. Sitting, you know, you want them to be, you want to really retain their attention. That's the big deal. You got to make it as entertaining as possible. And that's what I was going for with this channel. Mm -hmm. You know, I wanted to be entertaining as well as doing reviews. I didn't want it to be like, I could just sit here and be like, you know, yeah, it's a 4K disc. Uh, you're going to have... <laughs> Um, you're gonna, it's gonna have HDR 10 and Dolby Vision on it, and like, well, there's no fun in that. So I like to crack a joke here and there, you know. That's why I got Faith here. She's funny. She's funny looking, you know. The whole shebang. So, <laughs> so you gotta try and like keep that's how it is. So yeah, but once you cross a thousand, you know, you want more subscribers because those people are gonna interact more with you. They like what you're doing. So you always want to see the subscribers going up, definitely not down. So yeah, that that's the most important thing. Just try and put out videos that are more entertaining. It's really hard to run a YouTube channel now with all the social media you have to do as well because you got to get it out there. Yeah, and the other thing that you really didn't mention is the algorithm. Algorithm is important too because this follows faith a little bit. Yeah, because you want to try different things. You want to test certain things out. You want to see what works, what doesn't. And um, YouTube really doesn't give you space for that. No. Once you are, you know, categorized into, you know, say like for you, movies, that is where you stay. And you can't really do anything outside of the movies or the algorithm won't reach anybody. Yeah. Um, you could see that in certain, your certain reviews Regret. and stuff like that. Like you'll get like 7,000 reviews on one you know and then the other the next day you'll get 200 so the thing is is like it like he has how many subscribers like two, 2350 yeah or 52, so it's not like not a lot but like a decent amount but you would think okay you have this amount now i should get this amount of views but it doesn't work like no that. it doesn't work like that first of all not everybody's interested in every video that you make there's people subscribe to this channel they're just here for the giveaway on friday there's mm -hmm. people who just subscribe for the sunday show let's talk physical media then there's other people who are just subscribed to the reviews so you got to know that each person comes to your channel maybe for different things now what sucks and this is what faith is talking about is i'm also a fan of video games i'm also a fan of wrestling i'm a fan of sports mm -hmm. like i'm a big jets fan so you know that i'm fucking just dying inside this week <laughs> and which shouldn't be surprised at all because i mean i don't even know Aaron, how do you go down three plays into the season as a jets fan it's just like they just hate me like I, I don't... okay let's move on from the jets <sighs> okay but yeah anyway if i wanted to talk <laughs> sports on this channel it wouldn't work because the algorithm sees me as a movie channel so i'd have to start a whole nother channel so you know youtube is strange and i'm thankful for youtube it gives me a platform to make videos like this but it can be difficult so that's my uh thoughts but on... i i do like how you um, you guys, well you, made it uh, Let's Talk Entertainment and Media because entertainment could be anything. It could be movies, but where, where YouTube kind of stifles you is the algorithm. Which yeah, it, which you know, that's AI and everything for you. It's all just, they see keywords. Like you'll see like a video like might pop off like crazy just because you hit it on a keyword or something. And it, mm -hmm. it had nothing to really do with the quality. Like you could have it make a really high quality video that you worked your ass off that everyone's got to love and it will do terrible. Or you could have a video that you felt like you didn't nail anything and all of a sudden it'll do great just because the algorithm pushed it out. Mm -hmm. So that's one unfortunate thing. 
This one is from Rogue One 6770. Rogue, one of the earliest Blu-rays you happen to own. So actually, this is funny, Faith. I used to actually collect, like when Blu-rays first came out, I wanted to see them and the PlayStation 3 had a Blu-ray player in them. Mm. I didn't have a PlayStation 3, but my brother Ryan did. And I bought two Blu-rays just to see what Blu-rays look like. And one was The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight was the first Blu-ray I technically ever had. I just ended up actually giving it to our friend Alex when I got... Uh, because I moved in with Faith and I needed money, so I had to sell some stuff off and I sold my Blu-rays that I had, which wasn't much, and one of them was The Dark Knight. But I remember The Dark Knight being a big deal because you could see the purple string coming out of the Joker's mouth. Mm. So that was a big deal. So that was the first Blu-ray I ever owned, Rogue One 6, That was 7, a long 7. time ago, wow. 2008, I want to say. I remember around Christmas time that year it came out. Wow. And it was expensive. Like, look how much The Dark Knight has come. Like, remember, I've had it on DVD, Blu-ray, 4K, the whole shebang. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so that was a great question, Rogue One. Thank you. Fightmaster, at Fightmaster. I, I know that's not your real name. Um, it's just YouTube switches things up in the way I took this picture, so I'm definitely not using the legit name you probably want me to use, buddy. But here, hmm, your favorite TV show that's not on Blu-ray? That would be an inter interesting question, wouldn't it? And it is an interesting question. Yeah. So, what What am I? Which one of my favorite TV shows have never come to Blu-ray? Well, me and Faith were talking about this earlier. Always Sunny in Philadelphia has actually never come to Blu-ray. I didn't know that. Nope, it's only been released on DVD in only a few seasons. They don't even have mm. all the seasons on DVD, which is crazy because they actually have, we were talking about this earlier, they pulled some episodes that you can't watch anymore, and we watch it really on Hulu, mm -hmm. mainly because I want it on physical media, but it's not on Blu-ray. Yeah, maybe, uh, I wonder if they'll ask questions when we go. And we can ask them about that? Mm -hmm. We should bring the camera so we can be like, hey, uh, when did your show come on a Blu-ray? Yeah. And that way we can, you know, we can see, uh, all the characters. Because what was the character that they pulled because it was offensive that D always plays? Well, the, the, it was two. It was, was it the Asian, um... Well, the, repo the Spanish reporter. They the she, Spanish, which the, was, the uh, something Tammy. Yeah. was the Asian one character she played. And then she did the Irish, the Patty. Oh, yeah. Yes. I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just thinking of her. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Caitlin Olsen is such an underrated what did she? What did she say with the Latino one? She was like... Mm. Oh, she so, was yeah, trying uh, to do like totally racist, but like, again, she was trying to be Rosie Perez. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she always tries to be Rosie Perez. She always tries that. She, like, remember, she did it. It's like Mookie from you know, do the right thing. And they didn't like. She's like, what is that? Who is that? <laughs> like, oh, it's Rosie Perez. So she's like, that's not that, Rosie that's Perez. Not per <laughs> you remember when she went to therapy <laughs> and she was trying to be? Um, oh, the, the Brooklyn accent. The Brooklyn accent. She's like, that's clearly a Boston accent. Yeah, she's like, no. It's not. <laughs> She's arguing with it. Well, no, it's clearly broken. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fighting back with her. It's like, not a surgery skull. Uh, well, it's not a surgery skull. Yeah, like, hey, come on, you hear how good of an actor. Say it. Say I'm good. Say I'm good. <laughs> oh my god, that show's great. So we'll do one more question, and then the rest of the Kevin L questions we will save for next week because we get a few Kevin Ls, yeah. right? So Kevin, we'll save the rest of your questions for next week. So this will be the last question. It's the craziest Blu-ray packaging. So I wasn't sure if you're talking about like the box art design. So I had a couple of these, but like I always thought that this from uh, Vinegar Syndrome was really crazy packaging. Look at the slip cover. It looks mm -hmm. really nice for From Beyond. Stuart Gordon's From Beyond. This is a great movie. Very crazy, but if I thought you were talking about actual packaging, this Citizen Kane is ridiculous. And I don't know if I... There is a review on the channel for this, but I love this. Amazing stuff. Watch this thing. Take it out. 
think, okay, you know, you pop, roll it over, the, there's the discs. Oh. <laughs> look Dang. at this. Look at this thing. Here, pick that up for me. <laughs> like, look at this. This is how you have to get the, and then the discs are here. So you have That's to like. That's pretty cool. No, it's not cool. I hate this. Oh, I thought you liked it. So you have it. to like slide the discs out through here towards oh. the middle, and then there's a flap here that they hit. Like, <laughs> so oh. you, I, uh. I thought you said you, what, he said what you like. No, he said the craziest packaging. Oh. And well, this is there, absolutely that insane. That one was pretty good. Oh, that's the best. Yeah, no, if you were talking best, that's a, that's a whole different thing. See, look. Oh. No, so now you got to figure out how to refold it. Yeah, so like, all right, so N over E, A, so K, A, N, E. Like, it's a good idea. But, but it's annoying. It's absolutely absurd. Yeah, I, I, I can see how that could be annoying. Yeah, I... Because I, I would be like, what world is this? What the fuck is this world? What have they done to us? What did they do to us? Like, if you're sitting there and you're like, <laughs> and you watch this before you go to bed, you want to go take the disc out, you didn't realize that you're going to have to fucking figure out a maze to put the disc back in. What? I think you should leave now. What is this? What is happening? <laughs> what? Yeah, before we get out of here, last show recommendation that me and Faith have probably... We, all, we said this before. Yeah, but we're going to say it again, because I don't think enough people... Because I think the memes are getting popular, but people don't realize what show it's from. Yeah. What do they do to us? <laughs> what do they do? Like, I think you should leave now. It's one of the greatest sketch comedies <laughs> I ever. almost killed myself, Julie. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Why? She got me cho jeans for my birthday. What are cho jeans? You know, 54-inch waist, 10-inch legs. Fucking jump. <laughs> 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 Fucking junk. Oh, oh my god. god, that was great. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, that is going to do it here for us on another episode of Let's Talk Physical Media. If we didn't answer your question this week, we will answer it in next week's show. But if you do want to ask some questions for next week's shows or some topics you want to hear us talk about, make sure you leave those in the comment section below. And while you're down there, do not forget to hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. Check us out on all podcast services. Give us a five-star rating if you're on Apple Podcasts. And after you're done doing all of that, just get out in those streets and tell your friends about us. And we'll be seeing you around. Peace.